Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Paul said that when he was a child, he spoke as a child, he felt as a child, and he thought as a child, but something happened. He became a man and he put away childish things. What are those childish things that Paul put away? And how can we as believers grow to become mature and put away childish things? Now, before I tell you about the next childish thing that we're going to look at, I need to tell you that Jesus said that we need to enter the kingdom of God as a little child. So we remain childlike, but not childish. And we're trying to ascertain the difference between these two things in this series of talks. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that we need to be mature in understanding but in malice, we need to be childlike. So we need to avoid the, the bad things of being a grown-up, which are things like pride and malice and anger, uh, just, just the sinful things. Remain pure, remain childlike, but, all, but then in our minds become mature in understanding. And so the next thing that we're looking at as a childish thing that we need to put away is our response to pain. I remember when my children were very little, they wanted to come on walks with their mummy and their daddy. And we used to walk a lot and we loved walking and they loved walking with us and we loved having them. But we knew that within half a mile of leaving home, we would have to pick them up and carry them because their little legs would get painful. They would start to cry. Sometimes they would start to wail. Sometimes they would sit on the floor and there would be floods of tears and just extreme anguish on their face as they said, it's sore, my legs are sore, I'm tired, please would you pick me up? And so I would carry them for the rest of the walk. And that was just normal par for the course. Sometimes they would, as they grew older, bring their little bicycles with them. And we knew it would be the same thing, but I did eventually start putting my foot down because to carry a child and a little bicycle while you're going for a walk makes that walk a little bit less enjoyable. And so I would say, no, you can't bring your bike because you're going to cry when your legs get sore. The funny thing is now my children are grown up and they go for walks and they go for cycle rides and they go for runs to great lengths. They run far and, and they push their bodies and they push through the pain and they never complain. In fact, they volunteer to go on these long exerting exercise uh, routines. And sometimes they go to the gym and they make their bodies painful through exercise. And I look at the difference and I see that a child responds to pain differently to an adult. There is a very well-known leadership coach, a Christian leadership expert in America called Samuel Chand. And he says that the one characteristic that defines a great leader is their capacity to handle pain. Isn't that interesting? You know, a child has three responses to pain. The first is uh, shock and surprise. Uh, you know, they, they just they kind of don't know how to how to handle it. And it comes out in tears, in shouts, in behavior, in, in extreme anguish, uh, shock and surprise. 
Whereas an adult puts pain into context and says, this isn't new, this isn't surprising, uh, and, and we, can, we can handle it because I know the bigger context. The second thing is a child avoids pain at all costs. They will avoid it. They don't want anything to do with it. They, they understandably try to take the easy, comfortable route that feels good. Whereas an adult will sometimes go through pain if it leads to a better result. And then the third thing is a child sulks. Uh, their response to pain is they draw conclusions and they say things like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Somebody else is not having pain. I'm having pain. I've drawn a conclusion and I am sulking or I am uh, concluding that, that the world is against me. And their lip goes out and, and they respond. They say, I'm not going to do this. You can't move me. I don't want to be involved. And they, they draw a conclusion that the world is against them. Whereas a grown-up draws a different conclusion. A grown-up realizes it's not personal. It's not against us. And so I want to look at these three different responses between a child and an adult. But before I get to that, I want to read you a story of a man called Jabez in the Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles, uh, around about the time of the judges and when Israel was under attack from many different nations around it, um, we have a little story of a man who wasn't a judge. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a king. He wasn't great in the lineage of Jesus. There's no reason for him to be mentioned in the Bible. But in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. His name meant he will cause pain. Can you imagine going around introducing yourself, saying, Hello, I will cause pain. And listen to how Jabez responded. Well, we've already heard he was more honorable than his brothers. So all these little children, when they were going for a walk with their parents, all his brothers decided to respond in the normal childish way to pain. But Jabez responded differently, more honorably. Verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. That's the first thing he did. He turned to God. He found help and answers in God rather than in other things or concluding that the world is against him. He turned to the God, he called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And that little word indeed, I love that. You know, in the Old Testament, um, in Joshua, God says, I will give you good success. There's success that the world defines. And then there's God's good success, which is slightly different, but much, much better. And here he says that you would bless me indeed. There is an understanding of blessing that the world has that is temporary and short-lived and all about pleasure. But he said, you would bless me indeed, God's way of blessing. Uh, and enlarge my territory. What he was saying there is not a selfish thing. He was saying, I want to push back these enemies of God and I want to enlarge my territory. And we know that later on there was a town called Jabez. So, so it worked that your hand would be with me, that God's power and strength and help. You know, we can endure pain if God is with us and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. He understood the link between evil and pain. And, you know, his name was, I will cause pain. And he said, I don't want to cause pain. He said, God, would you help me? I, I need a new name. I need a new identity, but I also need your power. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Some versions say that I may not have pain. 
Uh, it could be both. And I think it probably is both. And the verse ends saying, God granted him what he requested. What a beautiful sentence. God said yes. If God said yes to Jabez, God will say yes to you and I if we handle pain correctly. So let's look at these three things. The first thing is a child is very surprised and shocked by pain, whereas an adult understands that pain is all around us and it's not something to be completely shocked by. You know, when my little child was walking along, they started the walk so happy and enjoying it and jumping and leaping. And the first feelings of pain in their legs and tiredness and frustration caused them absolute shock. They didn't know what to do with it. And it was as if the world was coming to an end, the tears and the crying. Um, and we need to respond correctly. So there's an amazing passage in 1, 1 Peter 4, verse uh, 12. And it says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You know, the Bible doesn't promise that we will be kept away from pain, but it promises that we will be helped through it. Uh, there are many, many instances in the Bible where God delivers people from a situation of pain, but there are just as many where God helps them go through it and overcome, sometimes in the midst of it. The great chapter on the heroes of faith, Hebrews 11, talks about all the heroes who overcame, overcame, but it also says some of them were sawn in half and they were terribly persecuted and they didn't always see the answer in their lifetimes for their great faith. But we have the answer, which is Jesus and a bigger perspective. And sometimes it's as we step over the threshold into heaven that we see the bigger context and the answer, but we get through it. You know, I'm reminded of the story of the disciples in the boat with Jesus in the storm. The storm is raging and they're in the middle of the lake and they're going to be probably, they feel, uh, overcome by the water and the boat will sink. And Jesus is asleep in the boat and they wake him up. They say, do you not care, Jesus? And he rebukes the wind and the waves and it becomes calm and they are fine. And there are two responses to the storms, to the pain, to the trials and, and problems of life. They will come. Jesus promised it in John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There are two responses. They will come, the, the, the trials and the struggles and the pain. It, it is a part of life. The Bible promises it. 1 Peter 4, he says, do not think it's strange as if those some, as though some strange thing was happening to you when you go through pain. The two responses are, number one, he calms us in the middle of it, which is what Jesus had. He was asleep. He was at peace. He knew that the storm would not overcome him. God was with him and he was able to sleep. But the disciples were so uh, insistent and and shook him awake. And so he calmed the storm. Those are the two ways that God helps us to get through, but we will always get through. So he says, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, the fiery trial. You know, it's, it's not easy. We, we sometimes think, oh, well, if God's with me, the trials will be there, but they won't be difficult. No, they're fiery. There is pain involved. There is pain involved. Don't think you can get through life without pain. Do not think it's strange, but rejoice. 
to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. So this is, this is the, the second point that I, I just want to make, is that we sometimes, as children, we want to avoid pain at all costs, but adults realize sometimes I need to go through it. I need to go to the gym and experience pain if I want the fit body at the other end. Uh, I need to say no to some food if I want to be healthy. I need to do various things that are painful to get a better result. And in the bigger context, adults are able to handle it. And so I'm going to give you the bigger context from these verses. In verse 13, he says, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. He says, we're partaking in Christ's sufferings. You know, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If the world hates me, they will hate you. If they say that I'm demonized, they will say the same about you. When we identify with Christ, there is an attack. We're putting a target on ourselves from people who don't believe in Jesus and from the devil. And it's a fallen and broken world all around us. And he says, the bigger context is that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. You know, the Bible says Jesus went through the cross and endured the terrible trial and pain of the cross for the joy that was on the other side. And we need to be able to be grown-ups. We put away childish responses to pain and we see the bigger context. I'm doing it because I'm with Christ and for him and he's been through it already and he's with me through this. Uh, he's the author and finisher of our faith. We keep our eyes on him. He keeps us going through it. Uh, but then also there's joy on the other side. He endured the cross, scorning its shame for the joy and the, the glory on the other side. Verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. You see, this is where a grown-up mindset comes in. If I'm reproached for the name of Christ, I can remember many times in my life, quite a few in my workplace where I was mocked, I was excluded, and I suffered consequences because I was a believer, because I named the name of Christ, because I wouldn't get drunk with the team, because I would go to church on Sundays instead of working overtime, etc., etc. He says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You know, there is a greater glory and anointing that comes on you when people attack you, when there is pain because you are identifying with Christ. Take that on board, Christian. Believe it. Get a grown-up mindset. In understanding, be mature, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. Then he goes on to say, On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. Glory, glory, glory comes when you suffer this pain. Number two, verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer or as a busybody in other people's matters. He says sometimes there is pain that's caused by our own sin. It's a direct response. You know, if you lie and gossip at work, you may suffer in the workplace and people will turn against you. And I just have to say it's your fault. <laughs> you know, we sometimes have this little phrase that says everything happens for a reason, as if, as if God made everything happen. No, sometimes we made stuff happen. When we do bad things, sometimes bad things happen and we need to repent. We need to say sorry. We need to make things right and we need to do better to be able to avoid pain. So that's the second aspect of pain. And then the third one, he says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, verse 16, 
Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. So we need to understand the world is a broken place. You know, the disciples asked Jesus when there was a blind man, they said, did he sin or did his parents sin? As if to say, there's always a direct link between your sin and your suffering. And Jesus said, neither. It's, it's not always a direct link. The world is a broken place. There was a, another time where a tower fell down and killed a whole lot of people. And, and also some people were praying and, and some soldiers came and killed them all. And the disciples and the followers of Jesus said, what's going on? And Jesus said, they're not worse sinners than other people because this stuff happened. No, no, sin is in the world and suffering is in the world and pain is in the world. But repent and don't just go along with the sin because the worst thing that can happen is eternity separated from God. And so even though there's pain now, there is a bigger context. I'm trying to give us a bigger context here for pain and how we handle it. So children are shocked and horrified by pain. They avoid it at all costs and they respond as victims uh, or they become bitter or sulky. And Christians or mature people are not surprised. We sometimes understand pain is inevitable and we go through it for a purpose, not just for the sake of pain, but for a bigger purpose. And we are the victors. We have the peace and the power of God to overcome it. Let me read you one or two more passages and then I will uh, tell you the story of Jabez. So 1 Peter 1 verse 6 says, You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, just like my children now that they've grown up, go for runs or go and do exercise with a bigger purpose in mind and they push through the pain. He says, you are going through trials. It's inevitable. We will all suffer them. Uh, but he says, they refine your faith, just like gold is put into a fiery furnace and the impurities rise to the surface and can be taken away. You, when you go through a trial, it's a way for your faith to be purified and the impurities rise and we get rid of them and we come out of it stronger, more like Jesus. Let me read you uh, another amazing verse. It says, James chapter 1, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. The testing, the trying, the refining of our faith produces more mature people, more like Jesus, more strong on the inside. And we are more able to do what God wants us to do. I hope this is giving you some help, some context. You know, when Paul was writing to Timothy in Ephesus in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and he was saying, choose some elders, choose some deacons. Look for people who are going to be the leaders of the church there. And some of the characteristics that he named were things that relate to how we handle pain. In verse 6, he says, the person should not be a novice or not a, not a new Christian. They must have walked the walk for a period of time uh, because otherwise they will fall into pride 
and the condemnation of the devil. There's got to be a time of testing, a time of walking through some stuff because time and trials together refine our faith and they prove that we are able to do what God calls us to do. In verse 9, he says they must be holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. You know, it's a mystery, the faith, because sometimes in the Bible, there are verses that indicate God is going to just bless us and everything's going to be wonderful. There are other verses which say there are going to be storms and God is going to help us through it. And those two put together are a mystery, but mature believers are able to hold the mystery of the faith, to hold these two together and have a pure conscience to say, I trust God. I know that this is right. The two go together and look, it's worked itself out in my life. In verse 10, he says, let these also be tested. And that's one of the similar words that was used in the other verses about the testing of your faith and the refining of your faith. Let them be tested, then let them serve as deacons if they are found blameless. There's got to be a time of trial and testing. It reveals what's on the inside. You know, anybody could put on a good show on the outside. We can act like everything's wonderful and that we've got it all together. But it's when you're in the furnace that we see the purity and the ability of your faith to handle the trials. First John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 4, says, uh, Everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. There is an ability within us to be overcomers. In the Revelation letters, the seven letters to the seven churches that Jesus wrote in Revelation, every single one, he ends off by saying, to him who overcomes, I will give, I will, I will help, I will be with. There's an overcoming element. Everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. There's got to be a way that we say, I can hold pain together. I know it's going to happen. I know this world is broken and I know God can help me through it. So let's look at this wonderful story of Jabez. He says in, it says in verse 9, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We have to say, I'm going to respond in a different way. You know, the world often, there are, there are people who are grown-ups physically and biologically, but inwardly they are still children when it comes to pain. You see people who are bitter, who are sulky, who are living in the pain of the past, and they are allowing it to define them. The, the pain of their past experiences is like a prison that stops them from growing. They haven't managed to overcome and to move forward. But it says that Jabez was more honorable, or he had more of God's glory and presence upon him than his brothers. His mother named his name, called his name Jabez, which means he will cause pain. He had pain from the very start. He caused his mother pain, and he was named pain. And you can imagine how that affected him. Uh, she said, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Can I suggest that this is the first thing that you and I need to do? We need to say, God, I'm going to take my pain to you. Now, I'm not minimizing your pain. I've been through it, and I know you have too. And I know it's probably fiery, the pain that you've been through, or maybe are going through. But God is with you, my friend, and he is able to help. 
He can turn and work all things together for good. He can forgive you for your own sins that have caused pain. He can help you forgive those who have sinned against you and hurt you. He can cause it to be a victory. You know, when Jesus rose again from the grave, he was healed because he came to life again. He was healed of all those wounds that killed him. All the the damage was healed and put back together, but he kept the scars and he kept the holes in his body as a way of showing others that he had overcome death. When Thomas doubted, he said, look, look at the holes, look. He kept them. He didn't need to. He had been healed. He could have been completely healed with no scars. But God wants us to be able to be overcomers so that we can help other people. And he says, he called on the name of the God of Israel, uh, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Would you take your pain to God? Say, God, please, would you use it? Would you heal it? Would you help me to overcome it? Uh, Ask God, say, when that terrible thing happened to me, Lord, where were you? What were you thinking? Where were you in this, in this situation? And even imagine it in your mind and, and remember where, what happened and say, God, what were you thinking at the time? What were you saying? What were you doing? And he will give you a different perspective on that pain and he will help you to be an overcomer. God, that you would bless me indeed. Would you enlarge my territory? And this means I don't avoid pain. I go towards the enemies with God's strength and I say, I'm going through pain for a bigger purpose, to extend God's kingdom, to push back the devil's work. I'm I'm willing to endure pain for God's purposes and for eternal glory. He says that your hand would be with me. God, I need your strength. I can't do this in my my own strength. You know, the Alcoholics Anonymous uh, mantra is that I, I am powerless in my own strength to overcome this thing. We need to say, God, I need you, that your hand would be with me. I'm desperately in need of your help. Uh, That you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. I've got to say, Lord, what are the things I need to do that I are causing my pain? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to do to keep me from evil? And I want to not cause others pain. It's not a selfish thing. I don't want to experience pain, but I want to stop others from experiencing pain. And it says, so God granted him what he requested. Lord God, we echo Jabez's prayer right now. Lord, we come to you with our pain. We ask that you would help us to put away a childish response to pain. And Lord, that you would help us to be mature, to understand that pain is going to happen, to not consider it a strange thing, but to put it in your hands. And Lord, we ask you to give us a capacity to be able to handle pain for a greater purpose. Lord, we give you the pain that we have experienced. We ask you to forgive us for our part in it, for also our bitterness in judging others and for believing lies and and things that have led us to be imprisoned by it. And Lord, we forgive those who've hurt us. And Lord, we ask you now to help us to move through pain and to become people who can endure pain for your purposes. In Jesus' name. We love you. Look us up on leadinglightsnetwork.com. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.